Right, we are going live to the MCG uh, to join uh, a man who's commentating there at the moment, Bryce McGain, who called the game last night in Australia, South Africa. Bryce, uh, thanks for taking time out of your commentary duties. Yeah, great to catch up with you, Staffy. Yeah, we've got Victoria and Queensland here at the MCG. Oh, Victoria, and, uh, Queensland. In, in, yeah, yeah, so in, in the Sheffield Shield, and it's an important game. Both teams, oh, well, Victoria actually on the bottom, they played in the final last year, but uh, they're, they're going along pretty well here. It's a pretty lively MCG wicket. You don't often hear that, but it's got pace and bounce, and uh, it's a bit of a handful for the batters. I've been to the MCG when it was full for a uh, Bledisloe Cup match. Do, do people get along in person and support Sheffield Shield? Uh, any size crowd's going to look small in the MCG, but do people get along? Yeah, 100,000 seats here at the MCG, and uh, we've probably filled about 60 of them. So it looks a bit empty, but uh, (laughs) from the player's perspective, it's still a great thrill, I can assure you, to call this your home ground and and play your domestic cricket out of here. At different times, it does pick up over weekends, but uh, for a Friday morning and uh, a bit chilly here in Melbourne, it's a bit quiet. (laughs) So let's have a look. Australia have made their way into another World Cup cricket final against, it looks like a bit of a juggernaut in India. But last night's match against South Africa, as a former Australian cricketer yourself, were there any moments of concern that ebbed and flowed through last night's semi? Oh, yeah, most definitely. That run chase, uh, yeah, it was uh, was a bit nervy at times and uh, the, the nerves and the tension of the moment got to a few of the Australian batters, you know, making some reckless decisions uh, with the way they batted. But uh, overall, I think Australia can be pretty proud um, as a team and as a, as a cricketing uh, group, I suppose, as um, they've found a way throughout the tournament. They, they haven't really put together a perfect game and, and nailed every aspect of it, but they've found a way to get through. And that was the case last night. The difference, I think, was probably the, the, the first 10 overs of each innings, that's where Australia dominated. After 12 overs, uh, South Africa were four for 24. That was a huge win from for Australia's perspective. But then also with the bat, after six overs, uh, none for 60, and they were off to a flyer. So in both those early starts, it was Australia's dominance that, that ended up setting up the big result. And, uh, and, well, as you say, helping Australia get through to the final. I've never, uh, full disclosure, I've never had a favourite Australian cricketer, but I've got one now in Travis Head. He just looks <laughs> like he just looks like a champion bloke, and he's a damn good cricketer. He is. In actual fact, uh, Stabby, he is Australia's most important one-day player. Mm. He is the most important. And the reason I say that is because they held him a bit like Kane Williamson um, from a New Zealand perspective. He had a he had a broken finger. And he, they knew he wasn't going to be available till potentially the last four games. Now, other injured players were sent home. Ashton Agar, who was a um, left-arm spinner and all-rounder, w- was sent home with his injury. But with Travis Head, they said, no, no, we'll hold you as an injured player still in the squad. We won't replace you. You come back for those last four games, which he did, and then into a, a semi-final um, because he is so important, and particularly in those conditions. He was the one with the ball that got the big breakthroughs, um, two two wickets in two balls when Australia and, uh, well, rather South Africa were building a partnership. Klassen was out, Jensen out first ball, and then obviously at the start of the innings, he's a sea ball, hit ball type of player, um, and uh, it was not without risk, um, but he was able to get Australia off to a flyer, 60 incredibly valuable runs. And old Maxi, eh? he, he has the, the, the most amazing batting performance of the World Cup, just 
absolutely incredible like I've never seen before. Fails with the bat and then bowls 10 overs for 35. You can't keep that fella out of the game. No, it's quite amazing. He, he's, and, and it was the, the, the finger spinners that proved to be a, a, quite a handful. The wicket was spinning, there's no doubt about it, and Maxi's overs. And I think it is because he is such a power player. He bowls uh, in, in these types of conditions to what the batsmen don't want to be facing. So his length was impeccable. It was just back of a length where the, they couldn't really go and get him. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of that learning has come from Australia's assistant bowling coach, and that's Dan Vittori. And for many, many years as a New Zealander, um, for a fellow who didn't really spin the ball enormous amounts, but no international batter could really get hold of him because he was so immaculate with his length. Yeah, he changed his pace, and that's exactly what Maxwell was doing. So there's a lot of shared information that's certainly helping Maxi with his uh, more than better part-time spin. So Semi was in Kolkata. We're going to Ahmedabad uh, for the final. Will it be, well, you tell me, difference in pitch, difference in conditions, will be what and suit who? (laughs) (laughs) I reckon you know the answer here, Staffy. I reckon it might suit India. um, Because (laughs) she's going to be a massive turning wicket. Just expect that. Just know that. That's the way it'll be. I'm not sure it was particularly fair for New Zealand, uh, given that there was a set plan for the ground in mm. that semi-final, and it was around pitch number six to number eight, back to six and eight, and a fresh one for the semi. That got kiboshed back to number six. There had already been two games played on it, and it certainly favoured, though New Zealand were incredibly brave. You've covered that over the last couple of days, no doubt, and um, I don't mean to bring up um, the, the, the sad result, but I thought New Zealand were really brave. It's going to be harder for Australia. It will be a spinning wicket. It, it's just going to happen. The ICC can't really do much about it. They're a bit of a toothless tiger, unfortunately, in these circumstances, and uh, it's a shame because it should be a, a, a generic scenario where it is a fresh wicket. It won't be. It's going to spin. One of the other things at that ground, it got soaking wet. Australia played uh, England there uh, earlier in the tournament and the evening the dew came down, it was like it had been raining heavily. So that's another important consideration around toss and conditions and team makeup even about how they best cope with that scenario later in the, in, in the evening. So there's a lot to consider, but uh, you can rest assured it's probably going to favour India. Adam Zampa, it'll favour him. He's been good this tournament. He has been a little bit off his tucker last night. Um, didn't quite execute his length. I mentioned that before, why Maxi was so effective. He was a bit more in the step hit. And as South Africa, they had to put all their chips in and, and go, well, now we have to attack. And they, they threw it to him and he got hit for six sixes. Um, so there was a lot of dot balls in there yesterday, but uh, he, he, they were able to get away and he just bowled that just step hit length, that fuller length, and it, it wasn't that as effective. But over the whole tournament, you're absolutely right, Stavi. He's been brilliant. And a lot of the times when the Australian quicks haven't done the job, and that's been most of the tournament, to be perfectly honest, Zampa's come on and taken three and four. There were three games in a row where he took four wickets. He's one of the leading wicket-takers in the whole uh, tournament so he's done a wonderful job as the one one out specialist spinner in that Australian lineup he's been pretty remarkable Is this the last White Ball World Cup we'll probably see the likes of David Warner maybe a, a couple of others uh, I thought you were going to say it's just the last White Ball uh, as in 50 over World Cup yeah, yeah, I hope not. Possibly that too yeah <laughs> 
Oh, gee, I, I really hope not because how enthralling is one-day cricket oh, I love it. when it's in this context? Mm. This is, I think this is nearly the best version of the game when it's in a context of tournament play. Mm. It's no good when there's no context and, you know, Australia might play New Zealand in three one-dayers and everyone goes, oh, what happened a week ago? I don't even know what the results were. On. No one cares. But when it's a <laughs> tournament play, it's absolutely brilliant. Will we see Dave Warner again? I reckon we'll see him. He'll continue on in the white ball game. He's already marked and flagged that he's done in test match cricket in the, at the end of this Australian summer. He wants to have a home test match at the SCG, and that'll be the last test match. Uh, oh, sorry. Um, will it be the last one? No, it won't be the last one. It'll be the fourth in the series. So it'll be just around the New Year's test match um, that they play in Sydney. Um, the pink test, as it's, it's often flagged here in Australia, he wants that his home test to be his last one, but I think he'll go on with one-day cricket. He, he's looking and eyeing a, a, a T20 World Cup next year to, to continue to do so. Water for Australia in this. He deserves to continue. Um, it, he's, he's much maligned here in Australia, I must say. Um, he, he really uh, polarises, and there's probably a heavier weighting against what Dave Warner and the way he is. Um, but you can't underestimate the value of him at the top of the order, his experience, and particularly in India over there. He's played IPL for over a decade. He knows the conditions, and I can well expect him in the final. He could peel off 100 and really mm. make it difficult for India. So he, he is a mainstay at the top of the order, even though a lot of the Australian public don't really warm to him that much at all. Yeah, and New Zealand public as well. But I, 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 I hear what you're saying. Like, his stats don't lie. He gets runs. He gets them quickly. Um, you don't have to like the guy. You can call him a pork chop. You can call him whatever you want. But the man can play cricket. Yeah, he, he can be aggravating. I don't think there's too many opposition that, um, you know, really warm to him. But some do admire his competitiveness. But they certainly respect the way he plays the game and how damaged he, he can be. Um, so to the final then, it's it's massive. Actually, no, I wanted to, we're running out of time, but I did want to ask you one question that came up yesterday and maybe you could sort of chuck your weight onto it. We in New Zealand, our pace bowlers um, break down all the time. Um, Lockie Ferguson, Adam Milne, Matt Henry, Southie's had his back issues. Um, w- w- Southie's had a few issues as well. We, we always have our quicks break down and you guys don't seem to and there were a few theories bounced around it's because when you're young cricketers over there you're playing in hot weather you're playing on hard pitches and so when you're growing your joints and your muscles and that are getting used to workload um could you offer any explanation as to why your quicks just don't seem to break down well, I think a lot of learning to have been done uh, over many, many decades of, of research here, and um, it is a management issue, and they're finding with growing bodies, and it, it does take to the mid-20s, I guess, for the, 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 the male bones to really create the full density, um, and so when they're under stress, particularly fast bowling, you know, the, the stress fractures can come in, uh, backs uh, are, are a hot spot for, for certain, um, and, and even feet and things like that on hard wickets, but... What they have is a lot of bowling restrictions as the players come through, limited limits in terms of the overs that they can bowl in a spell, things like that that just help build the body along the journey. Um, I think they're factors that are, that are contributing to maybe it, um, alleviating those situations, but it's not to say that you know Australian fast bowlers aren't um, immune, well, they're not immune from those things. They do have setbacks from time to time, but 
I think the management and the learnings has, has probably been a bit more advanced than maybe where New Zealand is. But I'm sure the Cricket Australia would be happy to share that um, for the, the betterment of the game, for the mm. betterment of all cricketers, because uh, it can be completely debilitating. And finally, um, joined by Bryce McGain out uh, at the MCG, actually. I'm always interested in what's bubbling under the top rep side. You've got your domestic competition going on now. We've got ours with the Plunkett Shield and our white ball stuff starts next week for the men. What are you seeing domestically uh, that's underneath the next layer that might emerge in the next two or three seasons? Yeah, look, it's strong. Sheffield Shield remains to be really strong. There was a little period probably about five or six years ago and um, for a patch of about five years where maybe uh, the, the Australian hierarchy, the high performance level, disrespected it a little bit. And this is around bowling loads. They were subbing in and out fast bowlers in, in shield games and things like that. Um, sometimes you've just got to learn the game and it's been a great sound, a grounding area for players it is ultra competitive. There are only six teams in the whole of Australia that compete mm. in the Sheffield Shield. To get a game at first class level in Australia, it's really difficult. You have to be the elite of the elite to be able to get a spot in a team and then to be able to perform, you know it's ultra competitive cricket. So that they've, they've invested back into that, that they've kept the integrity of the game and uh, that's why it's such a good grounding board. Players that are performing at that level are certainly getting themselves international ready. So there's a plethora of batsmen. There's, a lot, there's some good spinners. I'm looking at one at the moment from Queensland, Mitchell Swepson. He's played a little bit of test cricket, but, you know, he's international ready um, whenever that opportunity comes. Um, you know, and there's, uh, there's plenty of good fast bowlers around as well. They're, they've been outstanding. So it, it continues to be a, a great learning environment, and it... it it continues to be an incredible standard of cricket to go and watch and commentate, I can assure you. Are they full-time professionals or have we got scaffolders and painters and lawnmowers? No, no longer. Um, that, that's been out of the place. I was fortunate enough to play in a professional era as well through the, I guess, the mid-2000s into the, uh, yeah, well, from, yeah, 2003. Um, it was it was pretty much full-time. Now they're absolutely full-time Um mm. It also allows them that they do get create a bit of movement. Um, franchise cricket is the big bash, so they do get an opportunity. There are eight teams there, so they don't just play at their state all the time. They can move to other franchises around the country, so that creates the movement. Um, but state cricket uh, for one day and also Sheffield Shield is, uh, remains to be incredibly strong. Mm. Brilliant. Bryce, are you calling the final Sunday night? I, I hope so. They're finalising that team. Uh, we'll, we, we all wait on team selection, I suppose. And Jared <laughs> Waitley, the captain of the commentary team, will, will pick his, uh, his team together. Um, look, uh, it was tremendous to be able to be involved in that, uh, in that semi-final. And uh, look, it's just, it, this is one of the, the epic world events in sport. It is third um, in terms of viewing audience behind a Soccer World Cup and the Olympic Games it's absolutely enormous, and I encourage all the New Zealand supporters as well. Um, get behind the Australians. We'd love that to be the case. Maybe that's a hard call. Uh, maybe it's India you want to see. But for the spectacle, and the, it's epic. This is a World Cup final. It is right up there on a global scale as mm. one of the major events. So um, get behind it. Enjoy it. I know it's a horrific time zone in New Zealand. Yeah, it um, it's for the early birds but uh, or the late the late um, stalkers as well, but uh, 
yeah, get behind it. It's it's something special. Oh, and finally, you must have at a barbecue. You're going to a barbecue. What must there be there? It must be at the barbecue. It's got to be meat on the grill, that's for sure. Um, I'm, I'm of a family of vegetarians. Not that I am, but uh, I've, when I've had to build the barbecue in the backyard, I've got a little barbecue for the meat and this massive big grill for all the vegetables <laughs> I've got to cook now. There's got to be meat at a barbecue, Staffy. I love it. I love it. Steak gets a tick. Steak gets a tick from our good man over there. Hey, Bryce, really appreciate you taking time to chat to us today. Uh, enjoy the game there and enjoy the final Sunday night. Any time at all, Staffy. Have a ripper day. Cheers, buddy. There he is, uh, Bryce McGain, um, former Australian Test cricketer, actually. Uh, great to have his company uh, joining us now. Lots more text votes coming, and I can tell you, we walk by faith at one. So that's another leg. In fact, that was the leg uh, of the three-leg multi any two. So... Amore and Fida, I don't want to confuse you. We walk by faith one, so the next one and that one is race 12. That goes just before six o'clock. Ohoka, Connor. Uh, Ohoka, Connor. And that multi will come in. The next one and the other multi is race seven, which goes in an hour. I won't be on here. Uh, but that is our Shangrilana. Our Shangrilana, top four finish. And Betters Tart in an hour and a half's time. Race eight. So our Shangrilana and Betters Tart, both of them top four. If they both get a top four, that's 17 grand into the kick for the Good Oil Punters Club. We'll take a break. We'll come back shortly.